Today, um, I'm talking about Beyond Gaming, how live streaming brings next level inclusion. Uh, so last year, one of my most popular slides was my uh, I've worked on stuff slide. And uh, I've continued to work on stuff. Uh, basically, I hate doing about me slides. Long story short, I've been in, in the video game industry for 10 years as of St. Patrick's Day. Um, with a background in AAA games, my mom is calling me. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, mom. Um, I've uh, been in the game industry for about 10 years. I've worked on AAA games. Um, and now um, I'm actually at Mixer, which is Microsoft's uh, live streaming service. And so just trust me, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, so what are we talking about? Um, so like I'm, I said, I'm going to be talking about live streaming and how it relates to accessibility and inclusion. Kind of high level rundown, we're going to talk about what viewers get out of this what the streamers get out of this, and then how integration with both Twitch and Mixer has allowed from uh, really amazing experiences that I would love to see more people do and replicate going forward. So what do viewers get out of this? They actually get a, a lot. So the first one is really about a community and social uh, outlet. And this is something that not just gamers with disabilities, but anyone watching a live stream really gets. Uh, for a lot of uh, the gamers with disabilities who are watching these streams, though, sometimes it's hard for them to have a social life outside of their home due to just finding an accessible van or not wanting to go through the frustration of getting to a building and find out that it's not accessible for them. And so they're using these live streams as another way to form connections and make friends. But something else, and this has come up a lot today, is they're going to live streams as a place to find information on games. Although we've had some great examples here about people putting the accessibility information out publicly, there are so many games that still don't have that information. So we're actually finding that gamers with disabilities are going to live streams, and they kind of all look for the same criteria. They're looking for live streams with normally a small viewer count, so like less than 20 viewers of someone who's actively engaged in chat. They want to find someone who doesn't have so many viewers that they'll get lost, but they want to make sure that that person is also responding in chat. And they'll go in and ask questions and be like, hey, can you pull up the options menu for me so I can see what controls it has? Hey, can you pull up the subtitles for me so I can see what they look like? Because again, so many people have said it already today, they don't want to go buy the game, spend $60, launch it, and find out they can't play it. But because that information isn't out there, they're going to live streams. It's a real-time way for them to find out if they can play. And then there are some streamers, or sorry, viewers. There are some viewers who are basically getting a new way to experience some of these games. So we've already established that sometimes games launch and people are prevented from playing them. Yeah, they can go watch that game on YouTube, but that's a very passive experience, whereas if someone can't play a game themselves and they go into a live stream of it, it's a more realistic um, experience. They're actually part of that moment. They're there with the streamer. Maybe they're giving advice. They're making connections with other people in chat. And it's something that they're contributing to even if they're not playing themselves. And that's really, really powerful. Now, what about the streamers? So, they are getting so much out of this as well. 
Um, so I'm going to kind of break down why they might be streaming slash what they get out of streaming. So I was actually lucky enough that I found about 35 streamers with disabilities who came and chatted with me and gave me a bunch of information on what they were doing. And one of the most common threads that happened was awareness and advocacy for them. They wanted to tell other people about their experiences as well as teach other people with experiences like theirs. So for example, Prophecies Designs, he has spinal muscular atrophy and he really is trying to educate other people like him when they play games. So he said, I have helped people who thought they couldn't stream because of their disability realize there is so much adaptive equipment, they can play almost any game. So for him, it's about teaching other people that they can still play games. Now Blushing Crafter, uh, this is a Twitch streamer, they are doing more to educate those around them about their experiences. They said, through streaming, I have found others that respect me with my disability and who actively support my taking care of myself. I've also been able to open up about the disability and have others understand me more. And what's, I think, great about uh, this advocacy is like there's really cool things that can happen. So uh, there's this guy, you may know him, because um, he's going to be talking in just a little bit. So this is Chris, he's part of, uh, he's Deaf Gamers TV, and he actually does ASL lessons on Twitch and Mixer. And one of his students is myself. I am learning sign language, I am very bad at it. <laughs> Um, that's why he's giving me more lessons. Um, but when we were doing a co-stream on Mixer, uh, we kept practicing my finger spelling, and it was just like, okay, Mixer. Uh, this is a, a mouthful, handful. How do you? <laughs> I. But anyway, we're like, we need, we need something better. Um, and so we actually came up with a, a sign that we've now just adapted. Like all of the Mixer team, we have. The sign, like here it is. We now have a mixer sign, and this is all because Chris over here wanted to give me ASL lessons. Like, and that's cool. And the other really cool thing about advocacy when you're doing it on a public forum like this is other people buy in. I talked a lot last year about my uh, advocacy army, my accessibility army that I built at uh, Total Rock because we had so many people that we taught and they wanted other people to be able to play the game, so they were spreading awareness. And so last year we were a sponsor, by we I mean Shane and I, aka Shara, were a sponsor of the Game Accessibility Conference. This year we did it again. This year we're a silver sponsor. Like all of these people, they're just people who watch Shane and I be not the brightest people on the internet, <laughs> having fun, but teaching them about accessibility and most of the people on this list aren't gamers with disabilities. They're just people who want other gamers to be able to game. And so this is another way they can help. They just gave us money so that we could help put on this conference. And they're just gamers. And that's awesome. And one of the other threads that I kept hearing when talking to all these streamers is talking about the social outlet. As I mentioned before, sometimes um, the physical act of leaving and going to a place can be really difficult, and streaming gives them a way to have those social connections. So um, one of the streamers with a disability who has to remain anonymous, he told me, it has affected my social life in a great way because I can't get out of the house often. So this is a way for him to interface and build relationships and have communications with people who aren't physically with him. But, oh, no. 
So something else that has been happening is we're seeing that if a streamer has a disability, they're actually using their viewers and their chat as a way to get real-time feedback and real-time help. So for example, Blind Gamer Misadventures, who's a blind streamer on Twitch, he told me, streaming has helped me because I get less lost since I can get help in real time. As a blind gamer, having sighted people in chat giving me live help has made gaming even more of a fun experience. And I was really excited uh, on Mixer, we just launched a feature called Shared Controller, which leverages the Copilot uh, infrastructure API that we had built. And as soon as it launched, we were already having some streamers with disabilities be like, oh my goodness, I can now hand my controller to a viewer, essentially, and have them beat a part of the game for me I struggled with. And it's kind of feeding back into this. Now streamers are getting real-time help in a different way. But something else that's really important is for some of these streamers, it's literally a way to get a, get a job. Um, so the chin, uh, his name is Stephen Mackey, he's a Twitch streamer who plays with his chin. Um, he talked about how he can't hold uh, a regular office job. So he said, I hope to bring in an income since I can't work anywhere else. I might as well entertain others while playing games in the hopes of making some form of paycheck. And so the fact that these guys can find another way to get income while having fun, while building a community, while being advocates is really, really inspiring to me. But again, I had 30 of these streamers talk to me and they told me so many benefits. There's, there's more than I can count, but other things that they talked about, Medicaid said, my pain seems less when I'm streaming because I'm in a really good headspace when I'm live. Pi Rat King said, it has helped me with some of the social anxiety I go through and depression greatly. And it's hypoxia told me, it has made me more comfortable talking about and explaining my disability to those who ask. Plus, it's helped me accept myself more for who I am and what I can do. So it's also great just mentally sometimes to be able to get into the space and get support and be able to talk. But for all you hungry capitalists out there, uh, they also kept telling me about since they've started streaming, um, and doing their awareness raising, they are playing games more. They're buying more games. They're playing games longer. So by having these experiences, it's feeding back into your guys' titles. So the more accessible your game is, the more likely the streamers are to be streaming it. The more they'll play the game, more viewers will see the game, the more people will buy your game. The cycle continues. But I really want to drive home that for some gamers with disabilities, live streaming is a huge part of their life. And I kept trying to figure out how to say this and I gave up and I'm just going to read a quote from uh, one of the streamers I met. This experience has given me a job when I cannot hold one otherwise due to my disability. I was previously a middle school teacher and had two other jobs but had to step down from being a teacher and was fired from the other two in the same week because I had multiple seizures and was on my apartment floor for two days without anyone knowing. Before streaming, I was scared and lost. I just wanted to be a normal person and ignore my disability that had dragged me down for so long. Now I can embrace it and show other people that our disabilities don't define us, but they are a big part of who we are. And the way you over overcome obstacles in your life will define you. And that is a Twitch partner named Mackenzie who suffers from epilepsy and has done amazing awareness. She's actually um, 
think for the past two years, she's been the moderator for the uh, Streamers with Disabilities panel at uh, TwitchCon. Now that being said, there are so many more opportunities that can be done. And I'm talking specifically today about Mixer and Twitch because of the game integrations that these two platforms offer over YouTube and Facebook. So I'm going to start with um, just a really quick overview of what I think like Twitch extensions could do and why they're awesome. So I'm assuming most people in here don't know a lot about either of these yet, so starting at the beginning. So Twitch extensions has two kinds. There are video extensions, which are over the video player, and panel extensions, which are in sort of the description area. So this is an example of a panel description. Uh, as of, this is information I'm using from last uh, TwitchCon developer day. So sorry, Twitch guys, uh, if you updated something and I missed it. Um, so you could have up to three panels, and they're below the video player. Video extensions are ones that go on top of the video. Now, this example is Hearthstone up on the left, and you could hover over it and see what cards were happening. On Destiny 2, for example, you could see what loadout that particular streamer had. Now, when they launched these extensions, they had this screenshot, and it's a heat map that's kind of shaped in a heart. And what this video extension was, was it would aggregate player clicks and show that in the, or it would aggregate clicks from the viewer on the video player and display them in the video extension. When I saw this, I was instantly like, oh my god, real-time feedback. Imagine if you are a streamer with disability looking for real-time help, which as I mentioned earlier, they want, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I'm lost. Where do I need to go, right or left? And then you wait for your viewers to click, and then you see where the heat map is. Or I know that I miss switches on walls all the time in dimly lit areas. Be like, you guys, where's the switch? I stop, I let my viewers click, I see the heat map. Oh, it was right there, I walked right past it. Like that's an amazing way to get real-time feedback. So sadly, this video extension um, isn't out yet, but it's currently in development. This is a streamer named Suze. Uh, she streams development. She's always streaming programming. And she has viewers who don't have English as their first language. And so she's actually been working on a video description or a video, a video extension that takes in her voice and does real-time voice to text, but the first pass had like a very, very bad accuracy rating. I think it had like a 35% error rating, which is really high and not a great experience. And so she actually has been feeding this through um, Azure's translation API along with transcriptions of what she's saying to get that error rate better and get it more accurate. And the goal is that when it releases, her viewers will be able to uh, either show the video extension or collapse it in case they need real-time subtitles. Her long-term goal is to then feed that through the Azure Translation API so that people could select it in multiple languages. And so there's this craving for accessible content, and people are already using video extensions to make it. And what she's creating is way better than what's currently out there. So this is me live streaming. This is actually uh, from my lessons that I was getting from Chris. And I have a overlay that I have to put in. 
And this isn't nearly as good as what Suze is building. This is there for everyone. You always get it, whether you want it there or not. And the accuracy rate, probably around her first pass with 30% errors. It's not great. But when Suze releases her video extension, like so many more people on Twitch will be able to have automated captions. Now, the other thing that I think could be really cool with video extensions is so many games are already throwing out different events. And a lot of times when games are creating UI, they're creating them for the player. So for example, when you're playing Overwatch, they have the information about who is killed who in the upper right-hand corner. And of course, they're going to make that semi-transparent because although it's important for the player, they don't want to block the player's view. But as a viewer, I may be super interested in that. What if someone took whatever telemetry Overwatch had and made a video extension that basically took those UI elements that were transparent and made them darker so that they were more easy to see for the viewer? Because again, the player doesn't really need this, but you can make it a more accessible experience for the viewer. So those are just some of the ideas that I have around that. Like, I think that there are so many more things that could be in there. I think there are probably smarter people who know more about Twitch extensions than me. They can think of so many ideas. But like, if you guys are already interested in you know, building some kind of extension for your game or thinking about it, like, these are some great first steps. So totally think about it. Like I said, I work for Mixer. And we also have integrations with live streams. So ours kind of break into two areas. There's game-based interactive and sort of streamer-driven interactive. The first one I'm going to talk about is the game-based interactive. So this is a screenshot from Minecraft, which has Mixer Interactive. On the bottom, there are buttons. And viewers can click them to have an effect in-game. So as you can see here, Storm Yeti 3 has clicked pig and spawned a pig in the world. Now, that may seem really simple, but think about this for a moment. Think about everything that just got removed. So before I started at Mixer, there was actually an inclusive design sprint where we brought in subject matter ex experts from the community and talked to them. And they did this for Minecraft. And there was this idea of um, there was a woman with limited mobility who wanted to interact with her niece and nephew. And her niece and nephew loved Minecraft. But she couldn't really play Minecraft. Well, what about with this? Now, she doesn't even need an Xbox. She could have her phone. She could just have her laptop. She could have an iPad. And she could just click pig. And she's essentially playing with her niece and nephew now, right? Like, she is a part of their experience. We've removed some the financial barrier, the uh, needing to know how to launch Minecraft, play Minecraft. She doesn't need to do that. She just needs to click pig. And all of a sudden, she's a part of their experience. But with the Minecraft Interactive, that's actually just the beginning. So this is a screenshot of Derek, who's one of our interactive developers. And when we made the Minecraft API, we launched it so that people can make their own mini games. And he actually built this sort of battle royale mode. And four players were pitted against each other, and the viewers could help different players. But if the player didn't get help from a viewer, they weren't going to win. You were out of arrows. The only way you could get arrows is your viewers could help you. Did you need to run away from someone? Well, you better hope a viewer clicks sprint. So it became this like real game. So as I was playing with Derek, and he was trying to win, it became 
Tara, give me a boost. And I would click it. Tara, I'm out of arrows. Click it. Tara, heal me. Click it. Like, it was a co-op experience. We were playing together. And he couldn't win without me helping. And again, I didn't need an Xbox. I didn't even need Minecraft. But I'm playing with him. And I don't need all of the fine motor control skills. I just need to be able to tab navigate to that button and click Enter. That's it. But there's other things that are really happening with gameplay that I think are truly cool. So this is uh, the Darwin project, which has integration with both Mixer and Twitch. So they have game developers have started creating experiences built specifically for the live streamers. This isn't for the players. This is for someone who is broadcasting. So all the way over on the right, there is the one labeled Mixer. And this in the Darwin project is the show director. They can choose what player is being seen. They can vote if someone should get healed. They can warm someone up. They could decide to take an array off the map. And this doesn't have the same gameplay elements as what's featured here. I don't need the, flash, the fast reflexes to be able to shoot people. But the director is like a hugely integral part of some of these experiences. And it's way more fun when you have a director. But it, it takes a different skill set. And so it's another way to just be inclusive when you're thinking about these complementary experiences that add to your game. But we've also seen some really other cool stuff with interactive. So this is another uh, picture of me live streaming. And this is my cat cam over on the right. And basically what happens is when I'm live streaming, there is a button that's turn cat cam on or turn cat cam off. And how this works is when you press the button, it ends up being a virtual keyboard input that triggers a hotkey in XSplit that switches my scene. That's all it's doing. And I made a cat cam, which is fun. Like, this is my cat. She's on stream. She looks kind of grumpy because I'm holding my other cat. It's fun. <laughs> but it's so much more than that. So this is uh, Randy Fitzgerald, who goes by Nomad. And he's a mixer streamer. Randy has arthrogryposis, um, which I always butcher. But basically, it limits the movement of his arms and legs. So when Randy plays games, he plays with his face, mostly his chin and lips. When Randy streamed previously, he was limited to one scene. That was all you'd have. When you watch a lot of streams now, you'll see people have an intro scene and a be right back screen and all of this. Randy couldn't have that, because once he was actually playing games, he, he was in. So when Randy streams, he's actually laying down with the controller mounted. So the physical act of changing scenes was always too much. But now, using Mixer's Interactive, he has created buttons that will change the scenes. But with Mixer Interactive, you can also set restrictions. So for him, only his mods can trigger these buttons. So now, all of the stuff that I take for granted, billing, like making my silly cat cam, actually enable him to have like a top-rated, amazing experience streaming. And that wasn't why people built Interactive. They weren't there like, oh, we're going to build Mixer Interactive so in the future, a guy can use this to change scenes because he can't do it. They built it to spawn pigs in Minecraft and make things like cat cam. But look at what happened. So there are so many more unintentional things that, that can happen when you 
when you build tools, people will use them in fun ways. Now, what I'm going to show you guys next is actually the inclusive uh, sprint recap that we did for Mixer. I mentioned there was one for Minecraft earlier, but just last January, we did one for Mixer. And I was so excited about the project. Um, the video just got wrapped up last week. I didn't actually know if I'd get to show it today. Um, it has some text at the beginning, so I will read that. But it does have uh, subtitles. Give you a break. <laughs> we all have abilities, and we all have limits to our abilities. When we design by considering a wider variety of limitations, we make Xbox better for everyone. We're at the Inclusive Tech Lab in Studio B, and we are having a two-day inclusive design sprint with the Mixer team, as well as the Xbox design team. What inclusive design is, is bringing those ideas to the beginning. So starting to think about people who are often excluded from the product as a place of inspiration to innovate from. It's a really interesting experience for the Mixer team with hearing that I want to use captions for things like localization, and so a lot of people tune into my stream who are from all different corners of the earth and English is not always their first language. One of the things that was really cool that I saw was actually the work that Sue did. She put together all of this captioning material and she was using uh, machine learning AI and it's not even that she needs it, she just wants as many people as possible to be able to use her content. So the work she was putting in to share it was truly inspiring. The language translation was again going to be another building block that I added to it where it would be like, quick, let's quickly like run it through. I think it elevated the issue of captions for them because they also recognized that on the platform side that's supporting it, but also how do we enable that on the tool set side for the streamers and the software that they're running as well. So it definitely got them thinking about the challenge outside of just them supporting it on their platform. There's the easy problem that we need to solve now. Like, if you can figure out a way to get captions, we should have all of the things necessary to let you put them in. I wanted them to be so bad. Then the like, oftentimes people think that you're designing for the least common denominator. But what you're actually doing is designing for more types of people to engage in a diversity of ways. Captions can also be useful for things like temporarily um, disabled people. So if you are having to keep your phone quiet at night, but you're trying to watch a stream and not wake up your baby, for example, then maybe you still want to see what the stream is actually saying, but you don't want to have the audio turned on. Really, it was designed for this one person or this one type of person, and so many other people who are not like that person at all can benefit from it. And so it's taking that mindset of solving for one and extending it to many that makes features so useful for so many people. Expanding that community to, you know, to deaf viewers and then being translated into other languages to expand that community to include, you know, Spanish-speaking viewers. I think we all kind of have, like, a natural empathy for our experience, and now we know, like, one other person's experience and can bring that voice to the table when we have meetings to discuss future features. I think that everyone should have a chance to do this sprint. Uh, it's been super eye-opening for me, and I think that it would benefit the entire team and the entire product if everybody kind of came into the product with this mindset of inclusivity and uh, building for accessibility. One of the most exciting takeaways today for me has been 
our team realizing how many of our existing technologies have these great opportunities with just a little bit of extra love and a little push that'll bring them to like true next level differentiators and awesomeness. So that video focused a lot on subtitles, but that's because that's where the best sound clips were. We actually talked about so many things, um, including Randy's use of interactive and other ways that he could utilize it. And I'm so excited as we go forward to see some of the other things that we ideated on you know, coming to life in the future. But the other thing I want to emphasize about this video, and I think it's been brought up time and time again, when you are developing things for the accessibility community, it's so important to make sure that you have representatives from those groups working with you. So I think with the Mixer team, you know, we have a lot of like, oh, well, we should make sure that we do this because if you can't see or if because if you can't hear, but having actual people come in and tell you what they need, what their problems are. I know at this point it's a broken record, so I think every speaker has said it, but it's really, really important and it makes the difference. So, all right. So basically what I want to challenge you to do is I know that streaming integration and live streaming for a lot of game developers is still really, really new. And that's okay. That's totally fine. But you can go forward and now you know just a little about it. And now you can think just a little about it. So when you're building your gameplay experiences, how can you make them better for the streaming community? How can you make it for other uh, gamers with disabilities who are going to educate other gamers with disabilities or showcase your work in the future. Um, I do work for Mixer, so I am shamelessly plugging. Um, so we do have a, a presence here. If you would like to learn more about I Mixer Interactive or you just have any other questions for me, um, I will be at the, the Azure booth Thursday, Friday. Um, we also have office hours. We have a sponsor session. And of course, you can hit us up with any of this contact information. Thank you.